Jewish audio on Chabad.org. The Basics of Hasidus, Chapter 4, Section 2. Authentic Hasidus. Hasidus Chabad, an adaptation or innovation. Having explained Rabbi Schneer Zalman's focus on the intellectual presentation of Hasidus, one may wonder, did this create a meaningful difference between the Hasidus of the Baal Shem Tov, often referred to as Hasidus Haklolis, or General Hasidus, and Hasidus Chabad. Rabbi Schneer Zalman's new style of delivery surely did broaden the influence of Hasidus. However, did this actually modify its message? Is Hasidus Chabad a distinct entity within the world of Hasidism? Unpacking a Condensed Torah A closer look will reveal that Chabad's adaptation of the Hasidus of the Baal Shem Tov into intellectual presentation actually follows a pattern in the development of Torah in general. The Torah is often presented initially in a condensed form and relies on the student's effort and investment to discover the embedded nuance, depth, and application by means of their intellectual dissection and scrutiny. At Sinai, God granted the Torah as a gift from above delivering it to the Jewish people. The Torah was of course granted as one cohesive whole, encompassing within it all of the vastness, detail and richness of God's infinite wisdom. However, although delivered, it was yet to be unpacked. The Jewish people were yet to discover the layers of meaning and nuance hidden within the Torah they were gifted. It was throughout the generations that those studying the Torah with much personal investment and effort uncovered many of the Torah's secrets, discovering an endless amount of halachis, explanation and depth within the God-given Torah. Quite paradoxically, these Torah discoveries are referred to by our sages as Chidushe Torah or Torah innovations. The reason that they are referred to as novel ideas, despite them having been merely unpacked from within the original God-given Torah, is because, at least from the student's point of view, they are actually innovative and original. Considering the student invested their own energy and effort to deduce and prove this innovative idea from within the Torah, the student is no longer a mere recipient of Torah, rather they are collaborators in the revelation of the Torah as well. Ultimately, The significance of this process can be explained as actually integral to the Torah in and of itself.
to explain. The Torah is intended to be integrated within the Jewish people, becoming completely unified with them. It is in this context that the Torah is termed the life force of the Jew. Just as a living organism does not just receive life, rather it is alive itself, so too it is insufficient for the Jew to have merely received the Torah from God, rather he must be Torah. The Jew should not only accept the Torah's truths, rather they are meant to invest effort to understand and intellectually grasp the Torah. Doing so, the Torah becomes the student's intellectual property to the point that he will discover new insights embedded within the Torah. In this manner, the Jew is more than a recipient of Torah. They are contributors in the Torah. The Jew is Torah. Thus, we can understand the significance of the Torah being delivered to the Jewish people in a manner that requires unpacking and discovery. By expecting maximum involvement from its students and by making their study intrinsic to Torah's application, the Torah was designed to transform its recipients into collaborators. This pattern of Torah transmission is followed throughout all of Torah's stages of development. For example, the Mishnah states all of the halachas of the Oral Torah in condensed form, while the discussion in the Talmud and its commentaries are necessary in order to unpack and properly extrapolate and apply the Mishnah's ruling. The Parallel Pattern of Hasidus' Development This format of presentation is clearly displayed in the development of Hasidus as well. The Hasidus of the Baal Shem Tov and his successor, the Magad of Mezrich, was delivered in concise form, with their teachings being short, soul-stirring, and fiery. In contrast, Chabad teachings have a more developed intellectual structure, bringing these lofty, esoteric concepts within the grasp of the intellectual mind. Similar to the Mishnah, which is structured as a brief consolidation of many ideas, with the Talmud being where these ideas are properly analyzed, clarified, and often extrapolated, it is in Hasidus Chabad where the condensed teachings of the previous Hasidic masters received detailed treatment and appreciation. According to the above parallel, we can appreciate additional virtue in the intellectual presentation of Hasidus Chabad, which enables and obligates each each individual to understand it within the parameters of the human mind and intellect. As explained above, Torah in general, although gifted from above, is meant to be discovered and internalized by the student, to the extent that the subject learned can be referred to as the student's innovation. Likewise, 
although the gift of Hasidus was granted to all by the Baal Shem Tov, it is awaiting the student to unpack these teachings by internalizing it within their own intellect. While all of Hasidus' teachings in general are indeed transformative, there is a key difference between Hasidus as it is gifted and Hasidus as it is intellectually appreciated, namely Chabad. The Hasidus of the Baal Shem Tov places much emphasis on the concept of emuna, belief. While true belief is certainly with conviction, it is often not self-attained. Rather, it can be passed down through tradition or can even be hereditary. Thus, emuna, and by extension the Hasidus that reveals this emuna, can remain akin to a gift from above, with the believer being a recipient. The alternative is when one studies the inner dimension of the Torah and understands it independently in a Chabad manner. Then the understanding and application of this divine knowledge is something that has been generated by the person themselves and is therefore more vivid, meaningful and integrated. They are not just a recipient of Hasidus, rather they are Hasidus. Thus, a primary contribution of Hasidus Chabad is the transformative opportunity. Beyond enabling greater access to Hasidus, it allows the recipient to be a contributor in the sense that his grasp of the subject stems from his own effort and contribution. Self-achieved divine service. The distinction explained above between the general Hasidus as revealed by the Baal Shem Tov and Hasidus Chabad as revealed by the Alter Rebbe was articulated in a short aphorism by Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak, the sixth Chabad Rebbe. The Baal Shem Tov showed how we should serve God, and the Alter Rebbe showed how we can serve God. Surely the intention of this saying is not to imply that the Baal Shem Tov only taught about the service of God, and not necessarily how to actually achieve it. In fact, the Baal Shem Tov was known as a master guide in divine service, having succeeded in guiding a large number of students from all backgrounds, teaching them how to serve God. Rather, the aforementioned aphorism is intended to describe the two models of Hasidus explained above, the Hasidus granted from above versus the self-attained Hasidus. The term how we should serve God is not to describe the instruction as being only theoretical, but to emphasize that it is in some way superimposed from above. Whereas how we can serve God emphasizes how this is achieved on our own. This distinction is also reflected in Chabad being more detail-oriented, while Hasidus Haklolis is more peripheral. 
General Hasidus infuses new vitality, permeating a Hasid's entire life, one's learning, prayer, mitzvah performance, and mundane activity. However, since this new energy is superimposed from above, the emphasis is the principle rather than the particular. In contrast, the Alter Rebbe innovated methods by which one can independently cultivate enthusiasm for divine service through the study and appreciation of Hasidus. This enthusiasm stems specifically from understanding the inner content of each particular divine service. Thus, every area of life is specifically invigorated as it has been reframed by the Hasidus that one internalized. Section 3. In Preparation for Mashiach. Future Focused. As explained previously, the reason heavenly permission was granted to disseminate the mystical dimension of Torah, even though it was restricted in bygone generations, is twofold. Number one, the darkness of the exile increased, requiring greater resources to counteract the heightened concealment. And number two, it is to serve as a prelude and preparation to usher in the revelation of godliness in the days of Mashiach. These two reasons also shed light on the difference between general Hasidus and Hasidus Chabad. With respect to the first reason, a revelation of Hasidus in aphoristic form was sufficient. The short and fiery teachings of the Baal Shem Tov and the Magid were powerful enough to arouse the soul and awaken the Jew from a state of spiritual faint. However, as a prelude to Mashiach, when the entire world will be engaged in the knowledge of God, it's necessary for there to be a revelation of teachings that could be totally grasped by the mind in order for mankind to know God to the best of its ability. This was achieved through the revelation of Hasidus Chabad. The Visits from on High The now expanded role of Hasidus as a preparation for Mashiach can explain the following fascinating episode. During the imprisonment of the Alter Rebbe in 5559, corresponding to 1798, he was visited by his Rabbeim, the Baal Shem Tov and the Magad of Mezrich. The Alter Rebbe asked them why he deserved to sit in jail and what was required of him. They explained that there was a heavenly accusation against him because he was expounding too much Hasidus in such a revealed manner. The Alter Rebbe asked them if he should stop teaching Hasidus when he would be released from jail. They replied that he should not stop, and on the contrary, he should teach even more. When analyzed, this story is somewhat puzzling. Decades prior, when the Alter Rebbe was studying under the tutelage of the Magid, a similar heavenly accusation was made and was already nullified. This happened when a manuscript of these holy teachings of Hasidus was found dirted in the gutter. 
This accidental incident aroused a heavenly claim against the Maggid that Hasidus was being spread excessively, which was considered to be unbecoming of these holy secrets of Torah. The Alter Rebbe, then a young man, averted this accusation by arguing the vital necessity of Hasidus. Portraying Hasidus as a life-saving cure, he presented the since-famous parable of the prince who fell ill, and the only cure was to be derived from the precious jewel of the king's crown. As detailed in the previous chapter, the parable describes how the king rushed to squander the jewel to cure his son. He ordered that the precious gem be crushed and mixed into a potion with the hope that a single drop would enter the unconscious prince's mouth and return him to health. Defending the broad revelation of Hasidus, he explained that as lofty as it may be, it's fitting that it be squandered in the effort to resuscitate the Jewish soul from fate. If that was the case, why was this heavenly accusation leveled in the days of the Alter Rebbe once again? Furthermore, why didn't the Alter Rebbe employ the very same parable for himself, that the revelation of Hasidus was necessary for his generation as well? The answer is that the Alter Rebbe's parable justifies the method by which Baal Shem Tov and the Maggid taught Hasidus. In brief, condensed form, with this being enough to arouse the faint soul. The Alter Rebbe, however, had begun disseminating Hasidus in a broad manner, and this sparked a new heavenly accusation, arguing that it was more than enough. Therefore, the Alter Rebbe was unsure whether to continue his new broad path of Chabad. The reply of his holy teachers was that because he had begun this path, he should continue and, in an increasing manner, inasmuch as he was thereby paving the way for the coming of Mashiach.